Welcome to the Movement Church Podcast. Our vision is to be a movement of people finding their way back to God. We want to be a place where you can own your faith and take next steps in your relationship with Jesus. Maybe your next step is to seek out a community and join a movement group. Maybe it's supporting movement financially for the first time or using your gifts on a volunteer team. Whatever God is calling you to do, our prayer is that you will step out in faith and let Him lead you. For more information about your next step, please visit movementcolumbus.com. Hey, good morning, church. Hope you're doing well. Hope everyone enjoyed watching the Buckeyes beat down on the Irish a little bit last night. Sorry, Chandler. Uh, No, hope you guys had an awesome weekend. Uh, I wrote two different intros just in case Ohio State lost so we could work through the grieving process together, but I can skip over that for now. It's a good day. College football's back. Buckeyes look good. It's going to be a great season. Anyway, cool. Hey, it's good to be with family today. Good to be together. Uh, Good to see you all this morning. Um... But hey, Mark mentioned next week, two services, along with two services, many of us are going back to movement groups starting next week. So yeah, we're excited. We are looking forward to that. We want each and every single one of you guys to be involved with what God is doing in and through the lives of people at Movement Church. If you want to get involved, if you haven't yet got involved, there's a few ways to do that. You can go back to the VIP table in the back before you leave. It's on your left hand right by the door. Go back there. Check out some groups, get some more information on what movement groups look like. Sign up back there. Also, on the back of the seats in front of you is a QR code. Scan that, find the link, check out all the different groups that we have. We have them all in and around Hilliard, so get involved with those, doing those starting next week. All right, let's dive in. Today, we are going to be talking about an aspect of the gospel that is, in my opinion, often a little bit overlooked Uh, maybe a little misunderstood, and if we are honest, I think it's one that Christians aren't always the best at representing. And simply put, it's kindness. It's kindness. And there's a multitude of important aspects of the gospel that we could talk through this morning, but we're going to be talking about God's kindness, where it leads us, and what we are supposed to do with it. So, If you would, turn with me to Matthew chapter 18. We're going to be starting in verse 21. Uh, If you don't have a Bible or if you don't want to use your phone, there should be a Bible that looks a little bit like this uh, under your seat, under the seat in the the person in front of you. Just steal that from them. Uh, If you don't have a Bible, this is our gift to you. We want to give this to you. If you don't have a Bible at home, if you don't have this translation, Take this. This is the one we use on Sunday mornings. If you have this Bible, we're going to be on page 590. That'll drop you right into Matthew 18, starting in verse 21. So, a little context for Matthew 18. Matthew 18 is the fourth of five discourses in the book of Matthew. And these discourses are almost like little sermons that Jesus gives throughout Matthew. And this chapter, chapter 18, is almost, almost like a prophetic sermon that Jesus is explaining to his disciples. He's explaining what his kingdom is going to be like when he establishes his reign on the earth. And we know that Jesus establishes his reign through his death and his resurrection. So in this discourse, he's explaining to his disciples that when I die, when this time comes, when my kingdom is established, this is how it's going to operate. This is how things are going to work. Things are going to change a little bit from the Jewish 
law and the Jewish culture that was in place, this is how things are going to be when I establish my kingdom. And Jesus explains throughout chapter 18, he explains uh, that the greatest people in his kingdom are those with the humility of a child. That's the first section. The next section is that God is the type of God who leaves the 99 and searches out the one lost sheep and brings them back to his flock. And then we come to our section of Matthew 18, and he's explaining how his kingdom's going to operate. And he wraps up this sermon with a story of how we are to interact with God in his kingdom. And he tells the story of the unforgiving debtor. So in chapter 21, or verse 21, chapter 18, let's read this together. Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? Not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children, and everything that he owned to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me and I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him and he released him and forgave his debt. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me, and I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I have mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until his debt was paid in full. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. When we think about the man Jesus that we often read about, when we think about the characteristics that he exhibits, we often think of him as a pretty good dude. Seems like a nice guy. It'd be fun to, fun to hang out with him. He seems like a chill person. He does nice things. He's a kind person. He's the type of guy to forgive you when you slip up a little bit. But this story is trying to show us something a little bit deeper about the character of God and how we function in his kingdom. Jesus makes it clear throughout this passage and many more that his kingdom is going to be ruled through kindness. And that the expectation for those of us who operate and believe and live in his kingdom through Jesus is that we will be people of kindness. And now I want to take, I want to take a little bit of time and I want to define what I mean by kindness. And I think there's two different ways to understand kindness, two different, two different types of kindness. And the first type, the first type of kindness is a selfish kindness. We are kind to people out of self-preservation. 
It's being kind to the right people so that they like you. It's being kind to the people around you so that you can be in good graces with them so that if you need to ask a favor of them, they can fulfill that favor for you. It's being kind so we have an upstanding public image or we further our social status because people know that we are kind. And this is the kindness that most of us are getting from the world, and it's, it's a surface-level kindness that we know doesn't go any deeper. And the other type of kindness is selfless kindness, selfless kindness, and it's the kind of kindness that comes from caring for other people. It's the type of kindness you get from your grandma, who's always asking, you doing okay, honey? You need anything? Need some chocolate chip cookies? Got you. You doing okay? That type of kindness. Whereas selfish kindness is inward, Selfless kindness is outward, outward pouring to other people. Andy Stanley, famous pastor, some of you might know, put it this way, talking about godly kindness. Kindness, kindness is loaning your strength to someone else instead of reminding them of their weakness. Kindness is loaning your strength to someone else instead of reminding them and pointing out their weakness. Selfish kindness comes from a concern or well-being of the people around you. It's an outward kindness versus an inward kindness. Jesus tells us that his kingdom is ruled through outward kindness, selfless kindness that is concerned for others and their well-being, where we lend our strength to the people around us for their benefit, not for a secondary benefit of our own, for their benefit. And I think, it's, I think it's kind of funny that Jesus is telling this story because Peter comes up to him and is like, Lord, how far do I have to, how long do I have to put up with people until I have to forgive them? Peter says, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? Then can I go after him? Peter's asking, how long can I go before I can get back at them when I'm justified? Peter's asking the real question. He's like, how long does Judas have to tick me off before I can get after him? Peter's kindness is an inward kindness. He's worried about people looking at him, people looking at the crowd that he's with and judging them. Peter is looking inward. Peter has this righteous anger characteristic about him. He's always ready for a fight, he doesn't, but he doesn't want to get in trouble for it. He always wants to be justified in his anger. He wants to extend just enough grace to people, and then when they've gone too far, he doesn't care about them anymore. He doesn't, he doesn't want to, but he'll be kind for a little while, but only to a certain extent. At the time, it was actually Jewish culture to forgive someone only three times. Three strikes and you're out. But Peter, even still trying to look holier than everyone else, is like, Lord, seven times? Double what everyone else says. I'm not, I'm not going with what culture says. I'm being more forgiving. Can I get, get back after people after seven times? And Jesus is like, let's do some math. He says, not three times, not seven times, 70 times seven. Not three, not seven, 490. Gotta wait 490. But that, that's not, that's not the point Jesus makes. He's saying we shouldn't keep count. We don't count every offense. We don't keep a record of 490 wrongs. Oh, 
Left dishes in the sink, 371. Gossiping to the boss again, 423. On our way to 490. This isn't the point that Jesus is trying to make. There shouldn't be a numerical value on kindness. Jesus gives this obscure number and then tells the story to back it up. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. This man didn't owe the king $490. He owed him millions, an amount that could not be paid back, even with more time, even with a lifetime. The man begged the king to be patient, saying that he would pay it back, even though they both knew he probably couldn't. And instead of preserving his image, instead of preserving his money, instead of punishing the man for what he deserved, the king took pity He saw the man in his weakness and said, I'm going to loan you my strength. Jesus is saying that kindness doesn't end at 400. Kindness doesn't end at 491. A kindness, Jesus is saying that his kindness is a kindness that leads us to a different type of lifestyle. A kindness that points other people and points our own heart towards Jesus. Jesus is explaining that the kindness we receive from God is supposed to be a lifestyle. We're supposed to be different. Kindness that loans strength to others in their weakness. The kindness that forgives and does not keep a record of wrong. Because God's kindness leads us to Christ's likeness. That's our big idea today. God's kindness leads us to something different that the world doesn't have. And it's Christ-likeness. It's looking like Jesus. As students on Wednesday night, a student asked, what would Jesus do if he lived today? How would Jesus respond to the culture that we live in today? What would he do in a world full of division, a culture saturated with selfishness? How would Jesus deal with cancel culture? I think the answer is that he would be kind. Nothing about Jesus in the Bible would change if he was dropped into today's world. He would be kind. He would eat dinner with the lowest of lows. He would love people even if he disagreed with the way that they lived their lives. Because Jesus is so in love with his people that he would do anything, pay any price to woo them back. Jesus isn't kind simply to preserve his image or to look good or because it was the nice thing to do. Jesus did it out of a genuine love for you and a genuine love for all people. We show other people Jesus through our kindness. We are kind to others because Jesus was first kind to us. Jesus says in John 13, 35, your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. The love that we show to each other in this room and to those outside of it proves Jesus. Are we proving Jesus? 
Our love for one another and the kindness to those around us proves Jesus. Paul says in Romans 5, 8, but God showed his love for us in that while we were still sinners, we still owed a great debt. Christ died for us. Jesus died for us. We love others. We are kind to them because God first loved us. He called us out of anger, called us out of hate, called us out of darkness to show us a better way to live, not just to be a nice person, not to just be known as a kind person, but not, and not just to live a good life, but to point other people to the only way, the only truth, and the only life that can only be found in Jesus Christ. And how do we prove Jesus to other people? Your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. Not only are we proving that we're following Jesus, but we are proving Jesus to those around us. God's kindness leads us to Christ-likeness. In this parable, the king who represents God, who represents God, isn't just being a nice guy. He isn't just like, yeah, I can, I can forgive that this time. This king, our Jesus in his kingdom, executes justice. Someone has to pay that price. This man lost millions of dollars. Someone owes the king. This cost the king immensely. And now you might be thinking, he's a king. He'll be fine. What's a few million dollars to him? He'll earn it back through some passive income, some crypto mining. He'll be good. He'll earn it back through taxes, dang government taking our money. That's not what, that's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, through this story, he's pointing forward to something greater. He's pointing forward to his death on the cross, to his suffering. He's pointing forward to the pain that he's going to endure to earn back what we lost. Jesus isn't talking about money in this parable. He's not talking about something that could be easily won back, easily replaced. Jesus is talking about earning back life. He's talking about bridging the gap between life and death so that we, if we choose Jesus, have an opportunity to walk back to life. Jesus is pointing forward to the cross because he is going to be taking that debt upon himself. And he's going to pay the price for us because he knows that we can't pay it. The ultimate act of kindness was that God, through his son, Jesus, took our debt upon himself. He bore the weight of death. He tasted separation from God so that if we choose him, we choose life and we never have to be without our father in heaven. The debt that we owe, the price for our sin is everything. The price for this man was his house, his money, his family, everything, his life. But in his kindness, the king, Jesus, paid the price for us. He lost everything so that we don't have to. The kingdom of God is like a king who in his kindness lends his strength to us who are weak. Jesus doesn't simply stop there. 
Jesus doesn't simply stop at saying that we should be the ones to receive kindness. It is a blessing to receive the kindness of the Lord. It is so good to have salvation in him. But Jesus goes on to say, but the man, but when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. That servant went on to beg for forgiveness and it wasn't given to him. And later we see the king punish this man for not extending the forgiveness, not extending the grace, not extending the kindness that was already extended to him. We see it in cancel culture. We see it in our world. We see it in selfish kindness that we are the only ones who can receive kindness. It's me. No one else deserves kindness except me. Everyone else should understand what I'm going through. Everyone should know and and give me kindness. And I'm not saying that life isn't hard. We all need kindness. That's why Jesus came. But we as followers of Jesus ought to be the forerunners of kindness in this world. We ought to be the ones that people look at and be like, they're a nice person. Not because they're trying to get anywhere, but because they genuinely love people. Why is that? Perfect avenue for the gospel. God's kindness reshapes our hearts and our lives and reshapes the way we interact with other people and the way we live in this world. God's kindness leads us to repentance and turning away from selfishness. The kindness that God gives us leads us to looking more like Jesus. And it's an opportunity for us to give and give and give. We have a huge advantage as followers of Jesus. As Christians, we know that if we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we have eternal kindness, eternal acceptance in his family. And we receive eternal kindness from the people around us. We have an awesome community of believers here in this room. We have an awesome community of kindness here. But we get to be a church that goes out and gives the world a kindness that they won't get anywhere else. We have an example of kindness to follow. We have an advantage of kindness, but because we have been shown a kindness that the world wouldn't recognize. We don't carry out judgment. We don't settle balances aggressively. We show kindness, the kindness of Christ and the life that can be found in him. Judgment is reserved for the king. If we were all to be judged By the king. If we were all to be judged by Jesus without him, we would all have an unpayable debt. We would all be separated from Jesus. But by the grace of God, while we were still sinners, while we were still separated from God, Christ died for us and bridged that gap so that we no longer have to be separated from God. Jesus is the only way to eternal life. John 17, 3 says, And this is the way to eternal life, to know you, God, the only true God, and Jesus, the one he sent to earth. The way to eternal life is to know God, to know his kindness. God sees us. God sees you in your weakness. He sees you in your need. God knows that you can't repay the debts that you owe him. But in his kindness, 
and his love for us. He gives us his strength. The strength and the life of his son, Jesus, to settle the accounts. A life for a life. That's the trade that Jesus wants to make. He wants your life so that he can give you his life. His life for yours. One day, one day the king is going to come to settle his accounts. Have you asked the king to forgive your debts? Have you accepted the kindness of the king? Is your life led by the kindness of Jesus? Don't just be a kind person. Be a kind Christian. Show people the kindness of Jesus, and they'll see a difference. They'll want to know why. They'll see sacrifice in your kindness, and they'll say, why are you taking the penalty for me? Why are you being so nice to me? Perfect avenue for the gospel. They will see Christ in your kindness. Follow God's kindness. Follow God's kindness. It leads to Christ likeness. Let me pray. Father, we, we are so grateful and so undeserving of your kindness. You are so good to us, Lord, and even though we had outstanding debts, even though there was a price to be paid, and even though we couldn't pay it back, Lord, you chose to pay it for us, and for that, we are eternally grateful. Father, we are so thankful for who you are, for your kindness. May we be a people who show the world your kindness. Lord, it's all because of Jesus. It's all for his name. It's all because of you, Lord. We love you, and we are thankful for your son, Jesus. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Movement Church Podcast. Our vision is to be a movement of people finding their way back to God. We hope wherever you are, this message encourages you to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about Movement Church, including attending a worship experience, getting connected, or to give online, please visit movementcolumbus.com.